History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it, it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25 year old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're chatting with Patrick Gibney. He's a delivery driver with a difference. He's got a great testimony and a great heart for the gospel. Welcome along, Patrick. Tell us a bit of your story, mate. Where were you born and raised? Well, hi, Matt. Uh, I was born in uh, Levin, New Zealand, and uh, we uh, emigrated to Australia when I was about 30 years old uh, for a new life. And uh, Yeah, but I was born and raised in Levin and moved around in various places while I was raised with my family. Okay, and tell us about your faith journey. Did you have a religious upbringing at all? My mother was in the Baptist Church. Um, she had a lot of issues. Our home had a lot of issues because my dad was an alcoholic. And uh, he'd, you know, sometimes beat my mum. And we grew up a very nervous, terrified sort of sort of bunch of six kids in the family. And uh, four, I got four sisters and one brother. That's probably why I'm able to natter as well as living. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, well, so he had frequent drinking sessions. And um, we were quite scared as we were growing up. And But my mum had a faith. And uh, she'd take us along to Baptist Church. But funnily enough, out of all the kids, I was the only one who hated going. I'd rather sit at home and listen to my dad, who'd play records on Sunday morning. He didn't want to go to church, but my mum did. And the rest of the family used to enjoy it, but I used to get bored with it. So, <laughs> But uh, towards... Uh, I was always a stay-at-home type fella. Um, I was always a bit nervous of the big, bad world. Uh, but when I was... Because of all my insecurities and that, I felt very low, had a low self-esteem. I was always looking for relationships for especially with other women, I suppose, to try and make myself feel better about myself. But when the guy's like that, he's always looking for the security and you just in a relationship and that, that's not the way to be. But anyway, I had after one failed relationship after another, I um, came to a point of a nervous breakdown. But before that, I'd met the Lord in, in Hastings, New Zealand, where we were living at the time. I was in a Pentecostal church, a fiery pastor. I was after his daughter. <laughs> she said, oh, why don't you come on to church? I thought, oh, yeah, that'll be nice. But, you know, I was used to church. You know, God's here. You know, it's a bit boring sort of thing. But, uh, of course, this was all fired up and people were over the top and really enthusiastic. And this man came up and said, oh, Patrick, do you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, the pastor? He had eyes of fire. And I said, um, well, no, not really. He said, would you like to? And I said, oh, I'm not sure I'm ready. He said, what have you got to lose? That's a great invitation, isn't it? You know, <laughs> repentance, mate. <laughs> Laid hands on me and I had this amazing experience where I, all of a sudden I started seeing people differently. There was more to them after that. I was just aware of motives. It was more to us than skin and bone. And but from there, I started really searching. I, I went I went down to Wellington, even though I fell away from church and it was just a, a one-off thing. I had this real gnawing sense of emptiness and uh, lacking fulfillment. And eventually, I was involved with this girl and my life fell to pieces and I had this nervous breakdown. I'll tell you, Matt, anybody who's, people who knows what panic attacks are and anxiety attacks, I was in the biggest hole it's like you're in a hole and you see people upstairs who are happy and you can't get out of it. It's, it's And I knew I could find peace with God because I needed peace. I was constantly tormented in my thoughts. I started going to a church where a real revival was happening, uh, Miramar Christian Centre back in the 70s. And uh, a pastor there, he was preaching the gospel, preached Jesus, the living word. I finally got an area of my life under control, uh, which you know what I'm talking about when it comes to men, particular area. I knew I had to turn from certain passions 
once I did that, God started speaking to me through the Word. He spoke to me through Chronicles, where Jehoshaphat came up against an army, and the Lord said to him, you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand still. You'll see the victory of the Lord. Now, up to that point, I was constantly fighting thoughts. I, I tried to get to sleep to, to calm down because I was constantly terrified. I remember walking home one afternoon thinking about this verse I'd read, and I sat on my bed. Like 40 years ago, I can remember it like it was yesterday, Matt. sat on my bed, and I said, Lord Jesus, that's just what it's like. I feel like I'm in a battle against things I can't understand. I'm asking you to come and take over and fight the battle for me. And it's hard to describe what happened next, but it was like instantly in my spirit, this door went bang, slammed shut. And there was just all the torment was gone. I mean, gone. And there's this beautiful name, Jesus, which is resonating through my spirit. You know, it's a scripture that says, the name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower. The righteous run into him and are safe. And that is exactly what happened to me. I, I found my safe place. I no longer had to fear torment. or and I, I found that place, the mind of Christ. I knew what it was meant to be in him. I started feeling what he was feeling and thinking what he was thinking. And it was such a powerful encounter. For, and it changed my life. It completely turned around for me. And, and what, uh, what age were you then? I was 21. 21. And uh, <laughs> oh my, I was, it was such a transforming thing. I'll tell you what. Uh, from that moment on, yeah, I knew I didn't have to do things to please God because I had him. I had him and he. I knew peace and I knew if, I, if anxiety ever tried to come on me from that point, I always just turned to the, my strong tower and I'd feel safe. He was always there. So, And I started recognizing peace guiding me in certain areas because I still, I thought, nah, by that, I'm not going to get involved with another girl after this. So I'd found such an incredible reality of who he was. I, I, I was not a woman, but I take that away. But I knew the Lord, I think, was going to lead me into being married. And I was wanting to go out with certain, uh, so a couple, two or three ladies. But, I, you know, when you go and move in a direction when you're a Christian, you think, no, nah, that's just not right. So you'd have this... I backed off, but then I came to, I met my wife, Annie, and I wanted to go out of there, and I was praying about this, and I just had this tremendous peace, <laughs> the whole thing. So so uh, I you know, went out with her, and the Lord showed me about being the security and the relationship. You have to be at a place where your feelings and your desires are under control when it comes to, your, especially the relationship with the opposite sex. You have to be in control and have to be at peace with God and he's first and then everything else comes from that from a place of security and that's where I was with Annie and here we are 40 years just celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary wow congratulations <laughs> mate what a great yeah. testimony and let me just backtrack I love yeah. I love the line that the pastor used on you what have you got to lose yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well, I probably left out um, after I got married and that I, because of uh, things I've been through I had such an incredible experience that I thought I was pretty lofty high sort of bloke and I had a quite a few critical, critical attitudes and remember on my honeymoon I said Lord you know how the Christians say thank you Lord for the thing and I was saying thank you Lord that <laughs> for this that and that and I said Lord I'm tired of saying thank you just for the sake of saying thank you I want to be really thankful and, and mean it well I've had two brain tumours since then no, uh, acoustic neuroma benign brain tumour the first one was when I was 23 diagnosed and I just sailed through it because I was going through such hardship and the church prayed for me, I was going through hardship and I just thought, oh, I'm going to go home to be with the Lord and that, then that never happened. And then I started to realise, you know, we're only here for a short span mm. and uh, 70 odd years or whatever and it, it's changed me a lot in my perspectives and my, I'm so much more grateful. Well, mate, it's wonderful to hear your testimony and what God's done in your life 
Um, let's mm. talk a bit about uh, your family. So many yeah. might recognise the surname Gibney, and of course yeah. uh, many people may know your sister, Rebecca Gibney, who is a household name, yeah. a well-known yeah. actress. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, yeah what, what's yeah. she been yeah. in over the years? She's been in lots of shows and movies, hasn't she? Oh, well, she's first, she actually coached us to come over to Australia. Now she's living back in New Zealand, funnily enough. Yeah, she started in uh, Zoo Family, then she did um, The Flying Doctors, which really launched her whole career. Uh, I think she was on uh, All Together Now as well. And uh, so they even did a This Is Your Life when she was about 30-something years old. Yeah. <laughs> and then she, then she, now she's done Wanted. She's been in uh, the show called Winter. Pack to the Rafters, of course. That's when she got the gold Logie. Yep. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's pretty, what you see on the screen is pretty much what she's like. She's very um, uh, in, 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 uh, intentional and uh, very. she's a real compassionate. And she, because she knows what she's been through similar things to what we, I've been through, and shows she's, but she's got a real compassion in her. That's why a lot of people warm to her. You know, yeah, very we catch cool. up actually every, every Sunday or so. Um, we had like a Zoom meeting, yeah. like uh, the four, my four sisters and my brother and my mum. My dad passed away uh, years ago. Uh, yeah, and we so we catch up quite often. And she usually instigates it because of Zoom meeting. So oh, that's yeah, good. It's good. Well, I did see you on ABC TV on a, a TV show where you and Rebecca were on there talking about yeah, your memories and all that. Yeah. Uh, was was that yeah, a pretty cool yeah. experience? Yeah, it was. It was because uh, um, I actually get quite nervous in front of cameras and stuff. But um, uh, Julie, uh, Julia Zanero, who, who took, she was a very great host and put us very much at ease. And it was painful for Rebecca going through a lot of those memories because we went to the house where my father had passed away and, and about reliving some of the old memories like we were brought up. And me and her used to be dance partners in a, a dance school. We were going to do lessons. She actually started her career on a show called Ready to Roll uh, doing dancing. And I actually enrolled in the same school. But because of my mental health issues, I uh, gave, I didn't carry on with it. Because she did. And, you know, one thing led to another. She came over to Australia and just by chance had a um, <laughs> turned up for an audition just for a bit of fun, she said. And she landed this role, and it took off from there. So. Yeah. Now, your other claim yeah. to fame is that you yeah. uh, are a dancing delivery driver who's gone viral, <laughs> and you, you've been on Channel Seven and everything. Tell yeah. us, tell us about all this. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't get that many requests, but I, you know what? I, by the grace of God, I'm so grateful that I can still move at like 64 <laughs> years old I am this year, and I'm just so grateful to be out. Oh, I love to bust out and move. I've always loved to dance and. Our whole family, like, we're a bunch of performers. When we were younger, we'd, you know, you stand in front of the Dutch and the head, the wardrobe with the, in the mirror, you're holding a hairbrush, pretending you're some big shot star, you know, <laughs> and dancing and performing. We're, we're all like that when we were growing up. So, But Rebecca had the pizzazz to go on with it and stuff. But, I mean, I still love to bust out, like, dancing. And, and uh, yeah, every now and then with my customers, I've done a couple of, like, dance routines. I've taught it, but just recently... Um, uh, did, we were at a, a 50th and uh, taught, there was about 15 ladies on the floor. I was lead, teaching them this particular dance. It was through two or three of them. They loved it. So, And I really enjoy it too. You know, It's life. Got to get into life. So, yeah. Oh, good on you, mate. Well, I, I did. I do remember seeing that on on your Facebook and thinking, well, I've got to chat to Patrick about that one day. That looks, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and mate, yeah. you know, you're also an elder at a great church called Nexus in Brisbane, and, and my kids go to school at Northside Christian College, which is oh, a part of the church that's there, awesome, yeah. it's a great, yeah. great church. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, yeah. what's your, you know, what's your role there, and, and are you involved in ministry there as well? Yeah, well, Annie and I are on the eldership there, as you say, and um, we, uh, yeah, we minister, we 
talk about privacy, but I love praying for people and just see what the because of you know I can hear the you hear the Lord what He wants to do with people and it, whatever it's a we're pastoral, uh, especially myself. I've got a pastoral um, uh, ministry, I suppose, and uh, yeah, and so we just involved in ministry to people on one on one, and we go to church out at uh, Sandgate, the Nexus Hub, and. I just love getting alongside people, and the Lord told me years ago when I first got saved that He wants me to stir up the body of Christ to love and good work. So that there's nothing I enjoy more than that than going to church and getting alongside people and encouraging them into all that God has for them, because uh, that's our purpose. Every one of us is to we have a purpose, eternal purpose, you know, to to stir one another up in this greater destiny than what we can see sometimes for all of us, and to see people walk into that gives me great joy. And uh, with Annie as well. But she's actually involved with um, aged care and it's quite an uh, important role too. And uh, so that's quite taxing for her, but I'm able to help her and support her where I can as well. But the ministry of the church, yeah, we, we just love being involved with the people. We've been there about 30 years. You shared earlier about when you were 21, uh, you know, you came, yeah. came to Christ. You know, the pastor said, what do you got to lose? And you, and you, you prayed the prayer. You gave your heart to the Lord. <laughs> for those that have never yeah. heard the gospel, Share with us, what is the yeah. gospel and how do people respond? The gospel is not about us getting our lives fixed. It's our, about our lives being laid down. Which, and this, The problem with, every, I've heard a preacher say recently that the problem with the world is everybody gets out of the world, everybody gets out of bed each day to live for themselves. And that's not to be us. We think it's like a prayer we pray to go to heaven, but it's not. Heaven needs to come into us. Heaven will not come into us until we lay our life down. We, we, we come to Christ, we come to His, uh, come to the cross. I'm coming more and more back to the centrality of what the cross and why Billy Graham, preachers like him, would preach it. The cross is where it's at. The cross is where the justice, the love, the compassion, the mercy, and all, those, all the things of God are contained in the cross. The whole story is contained there. And for anybody who's listening, who needs, who wants peace, who wants that, they, they come to the cross. Bring everything you have to the cross and bring everything to what happened there. You'll, have, uh, you'll be released into joy, released into freedom, as long as you lay your life down. The whole thing about baptism, we lay our lives down. we buried with Christ to be raised in newness of life because this life is not about us. We have 70 short years on this planet and it is we put too much emphasis on on you know getting a house or a car or whatever, but it, those things are irre- irrelevant compared to our eternal destiny. We're a relationship with Him that we can fulfil a purpose that He originally designed for us. We'll never find that while we live for ourselves. Just get up every day to live for Jesus. Every day, purpose yourself to live for Jesus, and He will guide you to where you need to be. Yeah, well, that's good that's news, fun. mate. And I think it's the reason yeah. why you dance. Yeah. You're the dancing delivery driver (laughs) because you got the joy of the Lord in your heart, eh? (laughs) Oh, well, like I say, perspective. I I know uh, a lot of us aren't, we're not aware. We are um, like sinners saved by grace, but once grace gets hold of you, uh, you start to realize, when you're confronted with grace, you realize that you you, you were, your uncleanness becomes free. You can become free from uncleanness. You enter into the destiny. God has a robe of righteousness put around all of us and it's a spotless robe and why do we want to roll around in the mud once we've had that? You know, there are things that we're designed for and sin is not part of our natural nature, our, our natural nature in the sense of the new nature that we have. It's not part of us. That's why it feels so wrong if the Christians apply themselves to things like that. So 
you take hold of that new nature and you'll get joy. You'll have real joy because God's not against you having fun. He's just against you having the wrong kind of fun. <laughs> he wants you to joyful and you know what I mean? Yeah. He's like you say, be joyful. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, anyway. if there's people listening and maybe you've heard Patrick's testimony and maybe you'd like to give your life to Christ, we'd love to talk with you and pray with you. You can send us an email yeah. through the website, info at historymakersradio.com. Send us an email there. We'll search up History Makers Radio TV, uh, Radio and TV on Facebook, and uh, we'll send you more info and send you a Bible from the Bible League and information about following Jesus. Well, Patrick, it's been yeah, such awesome. a privilege to hear your story today. I reckon you're a history oh, maker. Thanks thank for joining you, us. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, God bless the people listening. I hope God enriches them somehow with it. Amen. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Matt. All of this. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. There you'll also find links to all of our social media channels, and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry, and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater, and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. History.